Well, thank you very much, worship team, for leading us, and thank you for singing along. Um, I think it's uh, beautiful to be able to hear each other's voices like that and to be able to worship God um, through song. Um, today, we are starting a brand new series, and we'll dig into, dig into that in a little bit, but I do want to just take a moment uh, and, and talk about something that is just not very spiritual at all, but does this not look good? Yeah. This stage looks really nice. Um, so I need to just let you know that some people uh, have done a lot of work to make this happen. And so I'll just, without naming any names, because I know they wouldn't want that. But we've had uh, two donors who said, we'll just pay for all of the material. And so thank you very much to those donors. Uh, then we had another uh, crew of people come in, a business uh, provided um, a bunch of guys and just fix this here. There we go. Um, a bunch of guys, and I have to tell you, about eight of them showed up, and they carried this piano off the stage like it weighed a feather. Um, that was a little scary. I'm just standing over here holding my breath, but it was all nice and gentle. And then uh, we had a, a bunch of our own volunteers from our maintenance team and others, sound people, that came out and redid the wiring and all that. And so anyway, I just think these, need, these people need an applause because they worked hard and gave a lot, and so let's give them our appreciation. <clears throat> All right, so we are starting uh, the series today, Resilience, and I think it's beautiful because there's, I think, we're in a season of sort of um, redoing things and restarting things and, and working, working through some stuff, and, and I think a lot of you have had to sort of bounce back from different things, you know, you've coming back from, you know, whatever it might be, you know, just being out in people again and all that kind of stuff, or, or maybe it's a new job, or maybe you just finished school, or, or whatever it might be, and there's a sense of, you know, re, redoing things and starting over, and so we want to talk about resilience, and so a couple of things we need to just clarify, the bottom line for the series, okay, for the entire series is this, getting back up when something gets you down. Now, uh, I think that should be on the screen there, so I want you to see it, and if you have your Bible app, um, the notes should be there as well, but the bottom line for this entire series is getting back up when something gets you down, uh, and this is, this is one of those things that all of us in time are going to find ourselves, you know, um, down about things, and something's going to get to us, and so the reason, the other reason I want you to remember this series, if you, or this uh, bottom line, if you have kids in grades one to five, um, they are in that other area, the Sunday school wing right now, looking at the exact same passages, looking at the exact same bottom line, and the exact same theme. Um, months ago, uh, Pastor Annie and I sat down together and said, we have never really combined the two, you know, what we do in here and what we do in there. And, and so she sent me um, a list of the different themes that are being tackled in Sunday school, and we've, we chose this one as a really good one that works well. So parents, today, uh, when you drive home, if your kids are in that age bracket, when you drive home today, you could just say, man, the bottom line for this month is, you know, when getting back up when something gets you down, and your kids are going to look at you like, were you in Sunday school? with me and they're going to be utterly, utterly confused but just I think it's a great time for you to have a lot of extra conversation 
We obviously would encourage always for parents and, and kids to, to drive home and maybe over lunch or maybe during the day have these conversations with your kids about what was talked about in Sunday school and, and to tell your kids about what was talked about in church service, you know. And, and now you have the same stuff, the same passages and the same things. And so during this series, we would especially encourage you to sit down with your kids, those of you that are in that age bracket, and look at what does this mean for us? What does it mean to get back up when something gets you down? And to use that line, maybe this week when you're having a rough day, it's like, okay, i got to get myself back up when something gets me down. And, and if your kids are there, and it's one of those things, if you say it often enough, it sticks. And it's a beautiful line that I think helps uh, no matter what we're going through in life. The passage we want to look at today to emphasize this is, is um, from Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. So if you have your Bibles with you, I'd love for you to be there with your Bibles. Um, we're also going to look really briefly just at, at the book of Acts, but we're not really going to turn there. Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. Uh, in these verses, Jesus promises us something. Now, he, he commissions the church. He tells the church that they need to go and do um, work and, and serve him. But I want to really focus today on the uh, promise that God makes, that Jesus makes his disciples. So the bottom line for the sermon today, okay, because again, this parents, you got you to gotta know this stuff. If your kids are like, well, what was the bottom line for today? You need to know this. And the bottom line for today is God is always with you. Okay, that's your bottom line for today. God is always with you. No matter what you go through, God is always with you. And that's one of the things that Jesus promises in this passage. So let's start reading Matthew chapter 28, verses 16. It says this, When the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Excuse me. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now this passage of scripture has been preached on so many times. And we usually focus very much on this great commission, on this call of God, this call by Jesus to say, he said to his church to the early disciples I need you to go and I want you to go and I am commissioning you I am sending you out to go into the world and to tell the people about the gospel of Jesus and that commission is on the church today as much as it has ever been we have been commissioned by God commissioned by Jesus Jesus literally here hands the mission to his disciples handing it to us and handing it to our you know our children and grandchildren that it is on us now to go into the world and fulfill God's plan to tell every single person on this earth about what Jesus has done and so we know that. That's the Great Commission. That's, that's what we sang about today. That's what our mission statement is about, you know, leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. But what I want to do something is I want to focus not so much on that mission statement or on that mission, that commissioning. I want us to focus on this one little line that Jesus uses here. And it's right at the end. It's the last sentence in this commissioning, in the, in the Great Commission. And that is a, this, and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. This is an amazing promise. The last thing, in a sense, the last thing Jesus revealed to us is this, that you are not alone. 
God is always with you. You are not alone. According to Gary Collins, uh, he's, a, he's a famous counselor, he said this, Loneliness has been called the world's most common mental health problem, one of the most universal sources of human suffering, an almost permanent condition for millions of people regardless of class, race, or sex. It is an experience that hits all of us at times, and painfully, it is an enf- or is this painful inner emptiness that may flee after a few minutes, or it may persist for a lifetime. We tend to downplay the impact of loneliness, but loneliness has a major impact, a wide range negative impact and effect on both physical and the mental health of people. Some of the risks associated with loneliness include depression, suicide, cardiovascular diseases, stroke, increased stress levels, decrease of memory, and decrease in learning, antisocial behavior, poor decision-making, alcoholism, drug abuse, and the progression of Alzheimer's disease. These are just some of the impact or the effects that loneliness has. So if you, if you ever see someone like, yeah, they're lonely, I, I'm not saying that, oh, they're naturally going to have these things or these, the struggle in these areas. But I think we need to recognize that loneliness is significant. According to an article published in the Guardian paper in February of 2014, loneliness can be twice as unhealthy as obesity, especially in seniors. So when we think now about our own lives and about people that we know, I'm sure we know people in our lives that are struggling with loneliness. Now loneliness in itself is not discussed an awful lot in the Bible. Uh, you don't hear a lot written about, on the topic of loneliness, but it is repeatedly seen in Bible characters such as Moses, Job, Nehemiah, Elijah, and, and Jeremiah. David even once wrote about, you know, that it's lonely, that he was lonely and afflicted. Jesus went through a period of loneliness in his own life. And if you think of the, the disciples and the apostles and Paul had to have experienced loneliness in times when he was in prison. The entire Bible focuses on our need for communion with God and for Christian you know, love, help, encouragement, forgiveness, and caring for one another. It is clear from Scripture that God cares about and that God is concerned about this topic of loneliness. This is why after he created Adam and Eve, God looked at Adam and Eve, and, and I know sometimes we joke about that, and it's like, oh, he looked at Adam, and he's like, ah, it's not good. You know, It wasn't so much that Adam wasn't good. He looked at Adam, and he said, it's just not good to be alone. This isn't good. You know? And so he created you know, another person, a, a woman, for Adam and, and Eve to have companionship because there isn't a healthiness in being lonely and being alone. We must understand that being alone is not the same as being lonely. For example, I don't want you to, the minute you see someone who's by themselves, go like, oh, they must be lonely. Um, Some people actually like being alone. Um, For example, some of us would rather be alone than with other people. I know you extroverts in the room cannot understand that. Um, But those of us that are introverts... Um, we can understand that. Um, you know, and that's why, again, during this last few years, um, the struggle hasn't been the same for everybody because we are, are different. 
Some people may actually prefer to be alone than, than be with people. However, for many people, being alone or the feeling of being alone is a key cause to lonely feelings or feeling this loneliness. For some of you, the thought of going to a restaurant, for example, and going there by yourself, like I told an extrovert one time, you know, he's like, you actually go to breakfast sometimes by yourself? Like you sit there by yourself and have breakfast? I'm like, it's glorious. It's just me, my ham and my eggs and my coffee, watching people. And this person, like, like, I'll pray for you. That was basically their mindset. Like, I will pray for you because for this individual, that would be, like, they would drive by and see me sitting there and go, hmm, there's something really wrong with Pastor Ike. Like, he must be going through something, you know. Um, and yet, for me, it's, it's not all bad. So we need to be careful that the minute we say, well, I'm alone, that doesn't always translate to loneliness. There's a difference here. But at the same time, you know, we need to be very careful because this being alone can actually cause loneliness. Um, at the same time, you can also, and there's a lot of same times here, you can also be surrounded by people, like right now, and some of you are sitting in a room, two, three hundred people in here today, and you feel incredibly lonely right now. You feel incredibly lonely. And it's not because there aren't people with you. It's because you think no one understands you. No one's going through what you're going through. You're hurting. You're exhausted. You're up against something. You're, you're struggling in some way or another. And you're looking around the room and look at us all. We all look like we're having the best day of our lives, aren't we? We smiled. We dressed up nice. Put on our big, how you doing? We shake hands and God loves you and we sung these songs and sat back down and surely we're all doing awesome. And some of you are sitting here right now and you are lonely. And it's not because you're not with people, it's because you're going through something and you've concluded that no one understands what you're going through. See, loneliness is complicated. And so we need, to, we need to be aware of this because there isn't like, oh, you're, I'm, I'm struggling with loneliness. Well, let's have more people over. Let's do more things together. And, and sometimes that can be a positive thing, but sometimes it can actually be a very negative thing. See, top leaders, if you're a business leader, top leaders experience this a lot. Pastors are often referred to as the most loneliest people uh, loneliness and fear of failure are two things that most str uh, pastors struggle with. And yet pastors would be able to be around people all the time. Every single day I could have someone in my house or I can be in someone's house. And so again, we want to be careful that we don't just say, well, if you're by yourself, you're lonely. But at the same time, we also want to be careful that we're not just saying that if you're with people, you can't be lonely. And so we need to explore this very carefully. Other things you need to know about loneliness is that low self-esteem is a major factor to loneliness. A person who has a very low opinion of themselves will not draw people to them, will not allow themselves to be open and share because they see themselves as the worst kind of person or they see themselves as there's something wrong with me, that's why I'm struggling with these things. And so this person, instead of inviting people in and, and, and allowing people to come and to understand, will just push people away. It also often results 
insecure people often push people away and also often develop unhealthy relationships that lead to greater loneliness. So let's go back now to this line. Jesus is speaking to you. If you're sitting here in a room full of people and you're feeling incredibly lonely, I want you to hear Jesus again. He says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Even now, even in your situation, even with whatever you're going through, Jesus is present with you. God promises this throughout the Bible. If you look at the Bible, you see people like, you know, um, Jacob in Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 to 4, uh, Moses in Exodus 3, verse 12, the exile in Isaiah 43, 1 to 7, and many other places where God said, I will be with you, and God followed through on that promise. He did not desert those people. And so here, Jesus is promising, I will be with you, and Jesus will fulfill that promise, is fulfilling that promise. God throughout Scripture has repeatedly assured His people of His presence with them. He promised to be with them at all times. Think about this. We're in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 28. But earlier on, in that same Gospel, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, the angel comes and says, Emmanuel, God with us is coming. Jesus is announced as God with us. And now, Jesus, God with us, is telling us, I will be with you. Do you follow? It's beautiful. It's like the very name of God is a fulfillment of what Jesus promises he will do. I will be with you. Earlier in Matthew, also verse 28, 18, verse 20, Jesus assured his disciples that when they are to assemble together, this is a well-known verse, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. And this Beautiful promise again that when you gather together, Jesus saying, I am with you. There's so many of these kinds of promises in Scripture where Jesus says, I will be with you. Jesus will be with us until he returns and, until he, and when he takes us into eternity. There, may be, um, there are many, uh, maybe a few things that can be more disheartening for a person, especially for a Christian, than to feel that God has somehow distanced himself or that God is distant. While we know that God never leaves us, while we know the truth that God doesn't walk away from us, there are times in our lives where it feels like God is distant. God has removed himself. This can be an incredibly lonely and difficult time. And I think some of you here today may feel at times like Elijah did. Elijah had this moment in his life where he struggled with feeling lonely and he actually felt like he was the only one left. If you have your Bibles, turn all the way near to the front of the Bible to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. Elijah felt this awful dreaded feeling that he was the only one left. Listen to the painful words that are found in the last part of 1 Kings chapter 19 verses 4. This is what Elijah says out loud. He says, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. You see what loneliness does here? Loneliness immediately brings out negativity about ourselves. The experience of loneliness, instead of Elijah saying, man, I am just exhausted, I am just you know, tired, Lord, I can't do this anymore, what does Elijah do? He plays that tape. I'm just like my ancestors. I'm just like the bad people in my past. 
I'm just like those people who gave up. I'm just like those who couldn't do it. I'm just like my ancestors. If you're experiencing loneliness, one of the things that you will do is you will run yourself down because what all of us want is an explanation for what we're going through. And often the explanation we come up with is putting it on something other than the situation we're going through right now. And so Elijah's like, I'm just like my ancestors. And after this, he lays down and he fell asleep. Now, we don't know this for sure, but I'm going to make a few assumptions here. My assumption is this, that Elijah was so weak and hungry that he may have actually thought that he's going to fall asleep and that he's going to die in his sleep. Because he was exhausted. He may have actually thought that this is what was going to happen in his life. And then God showed up through an angel. Let's keep reading verse 5. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said to him, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his hand, head was some bread baked over hot coals in a jar of, of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time, touched him and said, get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. We'll just stop there. Twice the angel had to wake up, or woke up, or woke up Elijah and said, we need you to, I need you to get up and eat. These words are important because Elijah needed the nutrition, but I think these words are also very symbolic. Elijah was told to eat twice during this incredibly lonely time of his life. When he felt abandoned and he felt weak, he needed to consume. He needed to take something in. He had no energy left. He had nothing on his own. You see, loneliness is exhausting. If you're experiencing loneliness here today, you know that it is exhausting. It, it takes a toll on you. We may find ourselves in a similar situation spiritually. We feel alone or that God has abandoned us or we feel that we must have done something to push God away. So in a spiritual sense, like Elijah, we too lie down and we stop eating. We stop feeding ourselves. So when the angel tells Elijah to eat, it is to show Elijah that God is providing. It's an indication that God has not abandoned him. God is still there. God is still providing. Elijah is not alone. This is key to resilience to knowing that we are not on our own, to knowing that life is not dependent on our own strength. The same applies to each one of us. If we find ourselves feeling alone, do not give up feeding on God's word. It, I think it's possible that some of us here today may need an angel to come and to kind of nudge us and say, get up and eat. Some of us here today, may, it may have been a while since we've really dug into God's word and, and really you know, engaged with people or really engaged in our, in our journey with God. And, and maybe the angel is coming today and nudging some of us like he did with Elijah and saying, hey, you need to get up. This season you're in, you can't stay in this season forever. Think about it for a moment. What would, what would it look like? What would it have looked like if Elijah had just rolled over and gone back to bed? Elijah would have missed out on so many of the promises. Elijah literally said to God, I am alone. There's no one left. And what does God say to Elijah? No, 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 Elijah. There are 7,000 prophets who have not bowed the knee. You don't know about this. You're in the season of your life right now where everything is difficult. But get up and eat because there's more 
at stake. There's more in the plans for you. See, Elijah had given up, but God had not. And you might be here today in a state, and it might not be loneliness, it might be in something else. And you find yourself in a place today, and you want to just lie down, make your bed, and stay there. And God's saying to you, get up, eat. You can't stay here. And you might say, well, there's nothing left for me to do. It's all kind of hopeless. There's nothing good. And God's like, you have no idea what I've been doing. I have been providing, and I have making a plan, and I know what I'm doing, and I have you protected. I have promised to never leave you, and I have never left you. I am with you to the end of the age. Elijah listened, and he ate. And he saw the promises of God fulfilled in his life. Look at verse 8. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into the cave and spent the night. And if you keep reading, you know about this beautiful conversation that he has with God. But I want you to listen very carefully to a truth that needs to be understood from these verses. Elijah ate and drank. He was strengthened by that food. But then he still traveled 40 days and 40 nights. The food did not remove the difficult journey. The food did not remove the difficult journey. But it gave him strength to endure it. You may be here today thinking that you gave your life to Jesus. You go to church. You read your Bible. You pray. You go to Bible studies. And you're learning, and it's all positive. But sometimes, even that, it does not necessarily remove the difficult journey. Folks, that will come when Jesus comes back and takes us to be with him forever. For Elijah, he still had to endure this journey. He was on this journey that God had called him to. He was a prophet of God. He found himself in a season where he felt abandoned. And God showed him the truth that he was not alone. So I think some of us here need to hear this today, that an angel might be nudging us, and today we would say the Holy Spirit is nudging us and saying, get up and eat. But do not fool yourself and think, now suddenly life is going to be blissful and easy and everything is going to be good. We will still be called to go through the journey, but we will be nourished for that journey. There are a lot of things in our lives that can make us feel alone, that can make us feel confused about where God is or, or you know, what, what God is doing and, and whether we're part of God's plan. We may feel that if, you, you know, if we keep ourselves really busy, then things aren't so bad. And, and I think this is where you know, the last couple of years have really exposed for us. We really slowed down and some of us all of a sudden found ourselves really uncomfortable because we couldn't hide behind our busyness. And suddenly in this more lonely time and in this slower time, we found ourselves going, where is God in all of this? See, if you would have been able to just keep busy, you may not have ever asked those questions because why would you? There's lots going on. Jesus gives these words to his disciples. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age, knowing that there would be times in their lives where they would not know how to move forward without holding on to that promise and without the presence of the Holy Spirit in their lives. God knows that if we do not 
embrace this promise of his that we will struggle with loneliness and we will be you know we will lose our motivation because we feel like it's all on us in John chapter 14 verse 16 again verses we've read many times here these disciples were promised something beautiful by Jesus he said this to them I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Therefore, before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You will also live. Verse 25, he says, All this I have spoken while with you, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Do not, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Folks, if you're here today and you're struggling in in an area of loneliness, I need you to know and God would want you to know today that Jesus will fulfill his promise. He is fulfilling his promise. He is with you. And you might say, well, then why is life not easier? Through these questions, we we don't really have answers. We struggle to know how to answer those kind of questions. But if we begin to doubt, if we begin to think like Elijah did, that we are actually alone, we will want to give up. It was when Elijah realized, no, God is still with me. God is still providing. God is still here. He is, he is fulfilling his promise that Elijah ate, and all of a sudden he had new energy again. And he was able to continue on the same difficult journey, but he had the strength now with which to journey through it. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 and 9 says, But you are my chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You are not alone. You are not alone. God is always with you. So if you're in in a place today, and you need this resilience, you need to bounce back, It will start by you accepting this truth and living by this truth that God is with you. God has not abandoned you. If you you are struggling in an area of sin, your sin has not pushed God away. God sent his son Jesus to die for that sin. If you find yourself in a place where you don't understand certain things about God and and because of that you're frustrated with him and, and you've sort of backed away and you're like, this just doesn't make sense. God is not offended by you. God is not afraid of you. God understands your doubts. He understands your fears. And he still promises to be be with you always. I don't know what you're going through, but whatever you are going through, know that this truth of Jesus, and surely I am with you to the very end of the age, is for you. And it will always be for you. So I want to encourage you today, if nothing else, that you embrace that truth today. Like Elijah, you get up and you eat. You consume. You take in God's promises 
so that you will have the strength that you need to carry on. Let's pray. God, I think there's a very good possibility that some of us here needed to hear that today because we are maybe in a place where we want to give up. We're maybe in a place where we're just discouraged and we look at what's going on in our own lives and maybe even in our journey with you and our relationship with you and this is a disconnect. Maybe that's a disconnect in other relationships and other areas of our lives and, and whenever there's a disconnect, God, we immediately assume that something awful is happening or that there's something wrong with us or that there's something just wrong. So Lord, we just try to filter through all of that today and what we want to see and what we want to understand and where we want to land is on this promise, Jesus, that you gave us that you will be with us to the end of the age. So I pray now, God, for someone in this room, maybe someone watching online or listening later, that if they need to hear that, that they would just actually just, in a way now, just allow that to, to be something they embrace. A truth that they capture. A truth that they hold on to right now. Jesus, you are with me. Jesus, you are with me. I will eat. I will be nurtured by that truth. And then I will continue to live my life to the calling that you've placed on, my, on me. Thank you for what you will do, God. And as we depart from here, I pray that just the, this, the awareness of your presence would go with us so that we would live every day knowing that you are with us. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.